welcome back to Deja Vu, the show where we talk about films and their lasting impacts. I'm your host, Sydney Brumfield. I use she, her pronouns, and I am so thrilled to introduce my new co-host, Therese Kinirons. Hi, everyone. I'm Therese, and I'm super excited to be on this season. Uh, sweet. So this marks Therese and my first episode in our new series highlighting queer media. Uh, unlike previous semesters where we have regarded... Uh, lists from like the American Film Institute or other official rankings, this season's selections will be hand-selected by Teresa and I. A lot of this is due to the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of queer media for us to pull from, especially not good or unproblematic or performative <laughs> queer media. Yeah. Uh, when Teresa and I sat down to plan this series, we wanted to try and make sure that we were discussing the most impactful, authentic, as well as just our favorite queer films. We'll put our bias aside. Um, <laughs> it's not not going to be just what we like, but the films that we like, we like for good reasons. Mm -hmm. um, true queer cinema doesn't get nearly the appreciation it deserves, and we want to spread the great representation we've found with all of you. Woo! I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, without further ado, let's get into our first film of the series. Today, Teresa and I will be talking about the 2014 film, Pride. Where are my lesbians? Where are my lesbians? Pride is written by Stephen Beresford and directed by Matthew Warkiss and yeah. tells the story of a small group of queer activists in the UK who decide to start fundraising for the miners in the co country during their strike of the National Union of Mine Workers in the summer of 1984. So, like, right off the bat, something that's exciting is we're starting with a pretty authentic queer film, given that Stephen Beersford is a, you know, a queer screenwriter, which is so exciting, because I'm almost worried that that's not going to be what we see for most of the series, but I don't know, I, that might change. While I guess the one, it's kind of like a queer screenwriter but straight director, but right. I still feel like this film is pretty like authentically queer. I think a lot of that comes from it being a true story. It feels um, really queer. Yeah. It feels yeah. so queer, um, especially like the, like the writing just feels natural where yeah. like other films with a lot of queer characters feel so forced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. doesn't feel forced. Not at all. And I found the story to be both entertaining and thought-provoking and educational. Initially, I was really worried about um, it being very graphically homophobic. Yeah. Like, I know it's the 1980s in the UK, so obviously it's not going to be widely accepted or, like, like re reciprocated well. But I was concerned about seeing a lot of, like, hate crimes mm -hmm. in graphic detail and like a lot of slurs and stuff. Because um, you see in a lot of queer me media written by straight people, mm. um, they will use that as a method to get their point across that like homophobia exists. But yeah. I feel like this, like Pride walks this line really well where it has the allusions to the hate that happens to them. And like, there are some like, there are some slurs written into the script, but none of them are like, super aggressive to the point mm -hmm. where I feel afraid or, like, upset. Yeah. And um, they have, like, strategic cuts. Mm -hmm. So your imagination goes instead of seeing the horrific violence directly on screen. Yeah. Um, which is way better than the alternative. I also really love the, like, the interpersonal relationships between 
each character and how distinct and well-written each one was. Um, They were all different and all very, like, very well... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Well... Well, I, I already said well Executed? Well executed, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Joe, Joe and Steph's friendship was really oh, great. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it just made me really happy. Like, the part where they, where she, like, looks over at him and was like, if we were normal, we'd kiss now. Yeah. And then they just, like, hold hands. It's, I was like, oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah. And um, I loved the, like, maternal relationship between, like, Sean? Sean? I think that's how you would pronounce it. I think it. you pronounce yeah. it Sean. And Joe? Yeah. Uh, because oh, and then when she drops him off and like talks to his mom uh, and like, is like, "You better cherish that boy. You better cherish him because uh, there's an entire town of whales who thinks he's a, a hero. hero." I was uh, like, "This is too much." <laughs> um, one thing I didn't love though, I didn't love the lack of diversity in the yeah. LGSM group. Yeah. Um, I noticed it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost immediately because it takes place in London. Like, yeah. It's not like it's all white people. Like, Correct. I understand, yeah. like, the Welsh, like, country town. You know, that could be, probably is, you know, like, I mean, my family's from the UK. And, like, right. yeah, the little small towns and communities are, like, predominantly white people. But the city of London is so diverse. Yeah. That... And, like, I understand that, like, some of these people are, are real historical people and that mm-hmm. they happen to be white people. And, like, that's fine, obviously. But... When you have a whole group of activists, queer activists in London, you're telling yeah. me all of them are white. <laughs> There's no way. Um, Most but, unbelievable part of yeah, the no, that it kind of like broke a little bit of immersion for me because I kept turning to my roommate who was watching it with and being like, "There's no, there's yeah. no anyone." Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, I thought the representations of real life political figures in a movement that most queer Americans probably don't know about yeah. is really important. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea that this had even happened. Like, it's kind of embarrassing to say when it feels like such an important piece of, especially just, like, right. universal queer history. Like, not yeah. just one country or another. Like, this feels so unifying and, like, impactful to anyone a part of this community that it's kind of embarrassing I didn't know about it, I feel like. Yeah, like, it was a year-long strike that yeah. they were the biggest supporters of. How, yeah. did I, like, how did I never learn about this, never knew about this? I know, and, like, what I especially loved is that, you know, the film points to, you know, that this was a real thing that happened, but also just, like, highlighting the intersectionality between these groups is something that I feel like not enough people know even today. You know, that there's no LGBTQ plus rights without women's rights, without gender um, equality, without labor union rights. Like, they are all interconnected, and, like, the intersectionality is there, and it's real, and this film just, like, highlighted that without, like, beating Mm -hmm. you over the head with it like it did not feel too preachy without being like no all of these like are fighting for the same right. thing because it, it all it all goes together like you can't have one without the other especially um when mark had that speech to the miners where he's oh. like we go through the same things that you go through yeah oh uh. look we raised this money because we want to help you that's it And we'll keep on trying to help you for as long as you want us to, because we've been through some of the same things you've been through. Like, it's just, it's just so, like, they were breaking their back trying to get all this money raised for these people and their family. And, like, they didn't even want their support in the beginning. It's ridiculous. It, and also just, I think I, 
loved the way that that felt so believable. Like, it's ridiculous. This group is bringing you, like, hundreds and thousands of dollars right. to support your cause. And food and clothes. And drives, like, yeah. miles and miles to hand deliver this to you. Mm-hmm. And you don't even want them in your pub. Like, you don't want to share a drink with them. Right. Like, it is outlandish, but so, so believable and rooted in the reality of this film that yeah. I... I didn't find it to be kind of like what you were saying earlier, like trauma dumping almost. You know, like, yes, that's like very clear and real Mm -hmm. homophobia, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like anxious or sick to my stomach watching it, which is like such a clear difference, you know? Like it's not showing, oh, look at what gay people have to go through. It's just like more just highlighting what happens naturally in communities. No, exactly. And like my roommate actually when we were watching the film she like looks up at me and was like it was towards the end mm-hmm. where um like Genthin's on the street by himself uh, i and before that happened she turned to me and she was like she's like why does every queer film feel like a horror movie yeah. to me and it like it made me giggle at like in the moment cuz the way she said it she had like the blanket over her head yeah <laughs> and, but like it's true like why does every queer film feel like a horror exactly. film exactly i mean like boy it? erased i cannot oh watch that movie no, I had that's to sh- not a movie made for queer no. people I-, I turned off that movie like yeah. i think 30 minutes in versus pride you know um githen is you know on the street by himself fundraising despite mm-hmm. the first rule of the group being nobody fundraises on their own cuz right. they don't want somebody on the street by themselves yeah and you know like Somebody watching this, you know by the framing, you know by the lighting, he's dark mm-hmm. on the street, um, that he's going to be assaulted. Yeah. But I I find it extremely successful, and I was so, so happy that they did it, that they cut away from that. Yes, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So well done. Because it got the point across, and I still felt so, like, ugh, in that moment. Yeah. Without having to see... Andrew Scott get his face beaten. Uh, Exactly, because then when they bring him back in and you see him in the hospital, he's been there for a little while and has recovered. You know, they're even not trying to show you how brutalized he was. Right, and I was was grateful for that, too, because, like, even, like, not to bring up Glee. In bring our, up Glee. In our bring, up, bring up Glee. First episode of already bringing out Glee. <laughs> but um, uh, there's this episode where Kurt um, gets mm. hate crimes. Yeah. And even though it's like Glee, like this movie's rated R. Yes. Glee is a TV 14, I think. Sh- that sounds like, right. News network show. Yeah. And it was more grotesque yeah. and intense than this movie. Like yeah. when, que- uh, when Kurt gets queer bashed. Yeah. In that film. Not to mention, I think Pride is just, like, an excellent ensemble piece. Yeah. You know, I always admire when, from, like, a screenwriting perspective, you're able to make us feel for all of these characters, despite how many there are. Like, the main cast of characters, it's easily over ten. Mm-hmm. Like, if you include the main characters from the village in Wales and the, you know, main crew in London. Uh, do you have a favorite character or character arc throughout this film? Oh, Yes. Um, so I know I was just talking about Gethin, but... because oh, he's so good. I love... Okay. Well, first of all, I really love Andrew Scott. Andrew As you Scott, should. Andrew Scott's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. When I saw that he was in this, I got really excited. Yeah. Because he also picks his roles really well. Mm-hmm. So I knew that it was, like, going to be very poignant. Yeah. Um, I love the parallel between Gethin and Joe. Oh, my goodness. Um, because they are, like, complete... Like, they are so supposed to reflect each other. Yeah. Because... Um, Gethin is, like, I think rooted in some, like, reality. Like, they're both rooted in, 
in history, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, Joe is, like, a completely made-up character, yeah. I believe. And Gethin, I think, is, like, kind of made up. I don't yeah. really know. Like, because, I, 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 of course, I did a little deep dive afterwards. Yeah. And I, like, looked into, like, who was, like, who was real and who mm-hmm. was dramatized. And I think, like, Gethin is, like, based off of Jonathan's real-life partner. Real, but that it's makes not sense. the same yeah. guy. Anyways, anyways. But, like, Joe is this young gay man, and he hides his identity from his parents. Like, he hides all the pictures in the books. It's And it's, like, and the fact that he hides them in his childhood books. Like, yes. it's not... I don't know. I just... I loved the conflation between those two things. You know, like, yeah. this is so clearly a core part of him mm-hmm. that it... And I also liked how they handled his coming out, or I guess, like, forced coming out. Because I, yes. I often get sad when queer stories are just coming out stories, as if that's the epitome of the, you know, queer experience. Right. And go, go ahead. No, the way they handled it was just, like, oh, so well. Like, he's hiding the entire, like, first, like, 90 minutes yeah. of the film. He's hiding from everyone in his family, like, he doesn't even tell them his real name no. for, like, a significant chunk of the movie. Yeah. Um, because he's afraid. And, like, in the beginning, like, he hides, literally hides behind the pride banner. Yeah. Like, literally hides his face behind it. Yeah. And, um, like, ugh. And you just feel for him because you know that, like, his parents are going to flip. And yeah. you, you don't, you just know that it's going to, the shoe's gonna drop the whole yeah, Exactly. Movie. The second he puts those pictures in the book in his childhood yeah. bedroom, you're like, oh, this is... Chekhov's book. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, and then they also, like, his arc and, like, how it is, like, a parallel with Gethin, it, like, they show him at the beginning, like you said, hiding in the, you know, Pride March. Right. And then at the end, when yes. he's, he's there and he's proud to be seen and to, holding, yes. to hold the banner there, which is like... And, oh. and Mike turns to him and he's like, you're not hiding anymore. Yes. Oh, yeah. no, I was sobbing to the entire uh. end of the film, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but, like, so Joe has this where he's constantly hiding, but mm-hmm. Gethin is, he's older, he's more, like established as a queer man like he's not super afraid of being out and being queer and living with his partner and running this like movement out of his home like he's Mm -hmm. not afraid of it but he is more like laid back and like reserved about it and uh he refuses refuses to go back to wales yeah because he's from there and he was isolated from his mother Mm -hmm. like like 16 years before and oh, and then when the scene where Gethin goes back to his mother's house, that too, like that strategic cut too, because I really like, I was like, honestly, when he went back to his mom's house, I was like, am I going to have to see a scene where she's like, you're an abomination I, like, to God. Yeah, yeah. Like verbally abusing <laughs> yeah. him. I was like, I just, but like, they just leave it up. To the imagination, yeah. and then when she comes back, when to he... To visit him at the hospital. Oh, ugh. Oh, it was just, ugh. Oh. Yeah. But he, like, is able to reconnect and make amends. Yeah. And then Joe is able to get the strength to not make amends with his parents to yeah. leave. Because at first, like, when he gets outed, he becomes, like, very reserved in himself, like, goes back in and, like... Mm-hmm distances himself from everyone yeah 
and to the point where they realize something is wrong. Yeah. Um, and he's finally able to get the strength to leave them behind. And like, ugh, and that scene, that scene is just so poignant. And it so is. like, like it, it shows like you, like he, oh, and he even says like, like, I'll see you, like, hope we can be friends again to his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Uh. Because he just, like, he knows that, like, this is what he needed to do. Yeah. Because, yeah, that scene happens right after he sees Genthan and his mom in mm-hmm. the hospital. Yeah. Hello, you must be Joe's mom. I'm Sean. Will you please remove your van from my property? I hope you appreciate him. Because there's a whole village back in Wales who thinks he's a hero. Oh my goodness. I also think my favorite character moments and arcs talk mm-hmm. like kind of talk about what this film also manages to do so well despite mm-hmm. covering these like really 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 dark topics is this movie is funny. This movie yeah. has so many beautiful elements of comedy in it that I yes. marvel at how this made both of us cry. Like yeah. brought us to a very <laughs> deep dark place but then had some of the funniest lines that I've like watched in so long. Like I think the women in the little village in Wales yes. are my favorite characters. <laughs> I think they're utilized so brilliantly to explore the stereotypes that, you know, people have about queer people, uh-huh. but not from an offensive or, like, mean place. They just yeah. do not know these things. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, I think one of my favorite lines is when, the, like, the oldest woman in the village goes, now my friend told me a very interesting thing about lesbians. <laughs> she said, you're all vegetarians. And then the fact that they respond with, Actually, we're vegan. I like that. It was so funny. So funny. Or um, just like all the interactions between you know, as the um, it's LGSM. Yeah. Try to you know win over basically the town people. The fact that um, Gethin's partner wins like half of the straight men over by teaching them how to dance because that's how you get the ladies gets all the ladies so funny to me so funny that old lady though who asked about the vegetarians that she's my favorite character every time she came on screen i cheered yeah i loved her so much she reminded me of my grandma in the best way in the best way possible because my grandma would also jump out of a van and go where's my lesbians i loved that That, so much oh my god i lost my mind because like yeah Oh, so Ugh. brilliant. And I also, like, you know, ultimately, those were probably my favorite moments of Pride. The fact that, yeah. you know, I'm laughing as hard as I was crying, I thought was a beautiful thing to accomplish when talking about this, like, real, impactful, and, like, powering, you know, queer story. Mm-hmm. What do you think your, like, favorite moment or scene from this film was? Oh, my goodness. The part where, at the end, where the buses of all the miners show up at the Pride Parade, and, like, they go up to Mark, and they're like, you're going to have to march in the front, because there's too many of you. And he's like, there's, like, ten of us. And then the buses, the buses get out, and it's all the miners, and they have the miners support gays and lesbians banner. Oh, my goodness. Literally, you're bringing it up again, and I got goosebumps Oh, yeah, I got chills just again. talking about it. Oh, oh my it's God. It's so beautiful, because, you know, right before that, almost, I think it's like 15 minutes before that scene happens, you know, right. they vote as a community that they cannot accept the funding. The donations, the donations anymore. anymore. And I was like, how are they going to redeem this now? Like, is that just the end of it? And then they come yeah. back, that that's what actually happened. I was like, man, this is so beautiful. Yeah. And because it's like the collective of the miners did 
want their support by the end. Yeah. It was just that the the homophobic people, as they do, want to seem as they are the majority. Yeah. And they brought in people from, like, the neighboring towns or something yeah. to vote in this union, which isn't even how unions work. Correct. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Like, how did they lose? Uh, um, but yeah. Oh, so no, good. But, like, oh, when it said... I'm also a sucker for any historical film that Absolutely. has like the where are they now? Absolutely. I was I didn't know they were going to have that and oh. then the words fade onto the screen and I was oh like my let's God. go. No, but like the thing the thing that got me though was I literally turned to to Aaron my roommate. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was like are they going to have like someone die of AIDS because it's the 1980s yeah. and it's a queer historical film. I know. And then um the whole thing with Jonathan being like L two, I was like, I was he's, like, he's, he's dead. done. And yeah. then when it popped up on screen that he's still alive, yeah, I was, I was, like, I, I was out of hand. Like yeah. I was, I was bawling. <laughs> but then right after it, it was like, yeah. Mark died at twenty six of AIDS, yeah. and I was like, are you? I was like, I just thought we won. I know. I well, just thought we got away from it. That's also something I think the film did so beautifully was, yeah. you know, the way that Mark finds out that you know one of his former partners has been diagnosed with AIDS, HIV AIDS. Right. Um, that also isn't like a trauma dumping of look how terrible it is to find out you have AIDS and look how yeah. horrible his life is now you know it's like it's very new like a very like nuanced like tiny exactly like, he just looks at the poster that says get tested yeah and then he doesn't talk about it the whole film but you Which, know like, you know it doesn't define his life he goes on to keep fighting he goes on to still have those joyous moments with his friends he reconnects with them he's had yes you know time with himself post you know that you assume diagnosis that it's just like that's how it should be handled. Right. And, like, yeah, that, that was, it's super important because if they had gone into the fact that he had an AIDS diagnosis in that film, it would have diminished so much of the yeah. work that he had accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, then you're just focused on the fact that he died of AIDS. Yeah. And, and that's it. And that's all his character is to a viewer. Right. And having it at the end was that like impactful like I had like a it felt like I got punched in the gut yeah. when I saw that oh yeah um but I understand why they did it like that and I'm honestly like glad they did it like that instead yeah. of the alternative because I it, it's walking that really hard line and again this is what I think I'm so happy we started with pride because yeah. this is what I think it does so so well where it's walking that line between very serious life-altering life-changing things that happen to queer people and right. then also being like hey these are regular individuals who have joys and yes. friends and a life and passion and, you know, deserve to have just as much, you know, right. like light shine on them as everybody else, not yeah. just highlighting their trauma. They're people first before yeah. all the bad things That's that have happened That's such a crazy concept. Yeah, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, I'm just, I'm... This story isn't, like, a queer trauma story, mm-hmm. despite it having traumatic things in it. Yeah. And I think, like, that the like that can only be accomplished by a gay screenwriter. It's I'm sorry. True. Yeah. Straight people who want to write gay stories, I think, should watch this film. Yeah. To see, like, the intricacies, especially if it's historical. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Like, yeah. Like, you need to watch this. Yes. So if you had to rank Pride, just on like a scale of one to five, what would you give it? Um, uh, so I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Oh, Letterboxd. Because, <laughs> because, yeah, follow my Letterboxd. Um, 
Uh, of course, I have a Letterboxd account. Yeah. Um, I really love it. It's definitely worth a rewatch, 100%. Yeah. I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, I think I gave it four stars because I was just, like, sitting back after watching on, this, and I was like, uh, no, oh, my God, I think on Letterboxd I gave it five stars. I misspoke. Oh, uh, so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> because, like, I was sitting back thinking about it and watching this, and I was like, I don't think there's anything I could have done differently or could have been done better mm-hmm. from my perspective. Like, it's so all-encompassing and just, like, I don't know. It just it really felt like it it – cradled me in a way as a viewer like I felt nurturally like put into this story and was able to like Mm -hmm. explore and experience this world and feel these fully fleshed out characters that I was like dang that was so good (laughs) yeah Uh, I feel that I feel the same way I felt very held yeah so what a great film to start our series off with such a good one Uh, With that, thank all of you so much for tuning in and joining Teresa and I. Be sure to tune back in in a couple of weeks to hear us discuss more queer media. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. Yeah. Can I say it? Yeah. Okay, bye, queers. I wrote in the I wrote in the notes for this episode. I wrote, Cindy, can I please say bye queers? I'm so obviously gay. Will it be well received? I think it'll be well received. I think I think our viewers know what to our listeners. I think our listeners know what to expect for the rest of this series. Yeah. All right. Check out theithican.org for more interesting and creative content. You can listen to any of the Ithican podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at theithican.org. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.